Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Just like that. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome into Running It Straight, your weekly rugby league show here on ECNZ from 3 until 4 o'clock. Uh, myself, Sam Hill, and Tony Kemp taking you through until 4 o'clock and uh, got lots to talk about in the next hour. We have a Kiwis team and a Tonga team named for the test June 25, just 10 days away. Uh, Clinton Torpy, former Warriors legend, is going to join us at about 3.15. We'll talk about the Warriors this weekend and uh, maybe catch up with what Torpy's up to nowadays. Kempi, I don't know, where is he living? Up in Queensland, I think, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, he is. He's uh, up on the Gold Coast, mate, enjoying it and giving back. Uh, still doing some community work. Great bloke. Um, spoke to Clinton and I do yeah, want to talk to him about what he what he had last week for the Warriors because I seen him in the background in one of the pitches mm, yeah. so Stace is obviously calling on a few of the old boys to get him in and try and get the boys motivated which is great um, of course we have a Warriors team as well that got named uh, last night no Chanel Harris-DeVita we've got Ronald Volkman making his NRL debut so we're going to talk about that we will look at uh, the round just been and we'll look at the round coming in the NRL as always, your texts and calls on double eight double three, the Timber Bear Post text machine throughout the show. If you've got any questions, uh, we do a slot just after three thirty where we go through uh, six of the best um, in our six again segment. So if you send a message through on double eight double three, anything you want to ask uh, Kimpy, you want to be discussed, um, you can put that through on double eight double three. But we start the show as we do, we as we always do, uh, with Kimpy's call. Kimpy's call. Yeah, Sam, look, after last weekend's game, it became vitally important to understand what this homecoming on July the 3rd really means for the Warriors. They sit six points out of the eight, but even more concerning, the two points off the wooden spoon, given the Titans and the Bulldogs have a better for and against record. The way it's shaping up, the Bulldogs could jump the Warriors this week if they beat the Tigers, and given their demolition of Parramatta, they are a good shot of doing that. And guess what? That leaves them looking at a battle with the Titans, and I can't see the Warriors beating the Panthers or the Titans getting home against the Sharkies. So what does that mean, mate? The Tigers game in three weeks' time becomes vitally important, doesn't it? The homecoming at Mount Smart against the Tigers could perhaps be the biggest game in the club history since the inaugural day back in 1995. But it's now even more important than anyone could have imagined. Lose that game? And we could well and truly be sitting in 16th. And the homecoming is shaping as one of the biggest weeks uh, weeks on the club's calendar. Man, talk about nerve-wracking. We need to get there and support them. So the general, well, he'll need all his soldiers at arms and his captains on song if they are to survive the battle for the dreaded spoon. There's a great whakatauki, which is a Māori pro- uh, proverb which states, Kauea mate feke me mate ururoa. Don't die like an octopus, fight like a hammerhead shark. We see a Warriors team full of fight, or are we going to continue to see a team devoid of knowing how to win a game? That was Kempi's call. Boy, so wooden spoon contention, Kempi, you reckon? Mate, I said that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said on the breakfast show that 
you know, the the uh, eight was getting away on them and they were getting closer to the back end. And the way that uh, a couple of teams have won, they now only sit two points out of the bottom uh, three. And with their terrible home and, uh, for and against, mm. mate, they could easily find themselves, with the with the run and uh, home and the hard games, sitting in, in last position. So heaven help us that uh, that doesn't happen. Oh, it's interesting as well that, you know, when we heard that the Warriors are coming back July 3, Mount Smart, the Tigers, the, the whole idea was that, well, that's an easy win. That's a, that's a great game to come back for. But like you said, the nerves are going to be high, Kempi, because the Tigers are starting to piece things together a little bit, um, you say more so than the Warriors. And, um, yeah, we, we, we need those points. I mean, every game now is a game to keep us off from 16th place, which I don't think anyone really especially in New Zealand, thought was going to be the case at the start of the season? No. In the next couple of weeks, the Tigers, the bottom four teams play each other a number yep. of times. So, you know, that's the reason why they find themselves coming home on July the 3rd in a position where possibly them and the Tigers are fighting it out for the bottom two. Um, and you've got to think after the way the Bulldogs played on Monday night and and, and just destroyed Parramatta, who's sitting right at the top of the table, uh, they're, they're a decent chance of getting on a little bit of a roll at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about round 14, shall we? Let's uh, have a look at our round wrap. Round Rewind. Uh, started with the Cowboys and the Dragons. Um, the Cowboys running away 31 points to 12. I don't think anyone was really Finals too surprised bound. by that. Yeah. Finals bound. What, your premiership? You reckon I know that, that's been thrown around? A chance. Absolute chance, I think so. Yep, they're in the top three. They're there for a reason. They're an absolute... Um, team playing together and the Dragons you just don't know what you're going to get from them week in week out uh, On the uh, Saturday we had uh, the first game was the Rabbitohs Titans and uh, the Rabbitohs running away 30 points to 16 with that one once again probably not too well, surprising. A, a pass away from the 8 last year the Titans and uh, this year they're not, they're not looking like they're making any headway on the 8 so Rabbitohs are still to get Latrell Mitchell back we don't know he he might show up he's not showing, showing down as being on the bench but they think he's a good chance of starting an origin too. Uh, the game following was was what we thought was going to be the game of the round, which was the Roosters and the Storm. Um, we wondered how many of those Storm players were going to back up. Most of them did, and uh, really it was sort of the last 20 minutes that the Storm managed to turn the screws in. Last seven minutes, yeah. uh, unlucky fumbles, you know, from, from the Sydney City. They bombed a couple of tries. They could have easily won that game. But the Storm... Uh, look, they're getting they're getting there. Uh, Pappenhausen, he was named on the uh, side this week. He's not too far off. Uh, the late night game on uh, Saturday was Broncos Raiders, and the Broncos have been going great guns. They really are the form team. But the Raiders were starting to show signs of, you know, of getting their season on track as well. Uh, what do you make of the of the late night Saturday game? Yeah, R- Ricky's got them firing again, as he always do. They're they're in with a late surge, but the, mate, the Broncos come for where Kevy Walters got them. Tomorrow, Martin at fullback. Has just been a godsend. Reynolds, they lost three, though, on the weekend, so be interesting to see how they shape up this yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll talk about Tamari Martin, who has made the Kiwi squad uh, for the Tongan Test, which, once again, Kempi, how did we, at the Warriors, <laughs> let that guy play in Waikato football and, three not, blind mice. <laughs> and not pick him up? Um, on Sunday, uh, we had the West Tigers and the Seagulls. The Seagulls doing a number on the Tigers. Um, the Tigers still are struggling a lot, despite changing the coach. Um 
Yeah, bad to, to, to worse. Lost to Leilua this week to the Cowboys, so he's going from bottom of the table up to probably a premiership um, chance. And of course, the Sea Eagles, mate, they're there or thereabouts week in week out. Knights Panthers. Um, not sure anyone expected the Knights to keep it close, but forty two six. The Panthers just putting yeah. on a clinic as they always do. Losing Pong early on, you know who wants to t- tackle Kikel seriously? <laughs> and honestly, he'll be sh- he'll be looking at the review this week. Going, just throw it to me. I'm going to SJ. Uh, the Panthers, mate, they're the juggernaut. They're the ones to beat this year. Warriors-Sharks we will talk about a little bit in depth. We'll talk with Clinton Torpy in a little bit later on. So the final game was on Monday, and it's the game that ruined everyone's multi, ruined my tipping. I was going <laughs> eight for eight uh, at that point, Kempe. Uh Bulldogs, Eels, and the Bulldogs finally are clicking into gear. Oh, and what happened to Parramatta? Again, yeah. just this time of the year, they always let everyone down. They were looking like a, a title shot. But losing to the bottom of the table like that, thirty it wasn't it wasn't twelve six. No. It was thirty four points to four. So uh, they've been on a roll before the Bulldogs, they could possibly go on another. Absolutely. Right, there you go. That's your uh, that is your round fourteen uh, rewind. Uh, we'll t- take a look at round fifteen a bit later on in the hour. But coming up next, uh, former Warriors legend Clinton Torpy. If you've got any questions uh, for us, text them through on double eight double three. There's a few coming through here now, and uh, we'll put those to Clinton. He's coming up after this. Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight here on ECNZ, your weekly rugby league show. Sam Hill alongside former Warriors coach Tony Kemp. And it's a great pleasure to welcome in a former Warrior legend himself, uh, Clinton Torpy. Welcome into the show, Clinton. Uh, yeah, afternoon, Jens. Afternoon, uh, afternoon yeah, Clinton. Afternoon, Toops. How you going, going, brother? How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, good. really Living good. Living the dream, some might say. Oh, I'd say sit on the Gold Coast, mate. You'd be loving it. Hey, <laughs> mate, was it? I, I don't know if this picture was doctored, but I saw one ro- rolling around on Instagram. Was it you at training with the Warriors last week? Yeah, that was my ugly mug rolling up to training. <laughs> like, you know, for me, um, prior to that stuff breaking out about, you know, Brownie being let go and, the, you know, parting ways, I had reached out. Um, you know, I may not have uh, agreed with um, the way they were coaching or the way they were doing their things, but my, my my genuine interest was, you know, being there for the players and trying to support them in whatever capacity I could. I, I threw it out there. I've, I've not really put myself out there that much um, since leaving the club, you know, because I've had this perception that players would be like, man, what do you want, bro? You've done your time. See you later. Beat it, you know. I mm. think I've always held that you know, for, for uh, 10 odd years, even here at the Titans, I've never really um, put myself out there. I felt like if I wanted to be in there, I'd get invited or um, I'd earn my way in there if that was to be, you know, down the track. But I just, I had seen enough that I, you know, starting to really feel for the players and, um, you know, what they're going through, what they've had to sacrifice, um, the amount of backlash they've been getting. I just thought, you know, you know, maybe a bit of energy, a bit of positive um, you know, vibe from myself could you know benefit the players and and the the group. Yeah, that's and that's awesome. That's awesome, mate. That you reached out. Um, I always think it's a a little bit of a problem that they tend to forget some of the people that they can use, such as yourself. What what why is it so important, Toops, to to reach out in that capacity in and around the mental well being of the players, especially them being over there for so long? Yeah, because they're dealing with a lot. Um, I, I think, you know, connection is huge in any, um, you know, surrounding organisation, you know, even in your own family. If you've got that disconnect, um, as much as you're a professional in the environment that they're in, it's still a disconnect. It's still uh, a, a dysfunction. It's still 
uh, I guess a, a thing that can weigh on players um, or anybody that's in that industry where they're away from home, away from their family, their surroundings, that, that safe environment where, you know, they can potentially switch off from football. But, you know, unfortunately over here, you know, with what we've got with social media, uh, so on and so forth, they, they're never away from it. You can never hide from it. And I think by, you know, not just myself, there's Campo, there's Mark Tukey, you know, former players willing to lend a hand in whatever way we can help without stepping on toes because there are, you know, a lot of coaches, there is a lot of support in there that, um, you know, you, I didn't want to make them feel like I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm charging in and, you know, I've got the I've got the answers. It was more that I, I genuinely, you know, in my heart of hearts had, had their best interest and uh, at heart. And, you know, the, the funny thing is those pictures, you know, could almost tell a different story. You know, it looks like I'm giving advice, but in no way, shape or form did I give any of those players advice, mm. believe it or not. Um, I'm getting family, I'm getting friends going, man, it's good to see you, you know, giving these guys advice. But I actually wasn't. We were just having general chit-chat. And, it, and it's perceived as me, you know, throwing my five cents in there. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I did mention to Stace that I'm here in whatever capacity you want to use me. I'd, you know, I'd love to get in and around and support best I can without, you know, stepping on toes of the likes of um, Justin Morgan, their, their coaching staff, so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's just me as a former player hurting, um, as, as I'm sure many other players, not just our supporters and family, but many other former players. Yeah, and talking about Stace, mate, the, with the big week I guess he had taken over from Brownie, how did you find how did you find Stace sitting down with the old mate after spending so much time with him on the football field? Yeah, look, it, it was brief. I'll be honest, it was brief with Stace. Um, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was trying to be in and around without being, um, you know, in the way or stepping on toes. So. You know, the brief moments I did have Stace, I know that he felt that there was, um, I guess, not the best of situations and scenarios with what's been laid out in front of him and in how he's had to navigate through in such a short time. The amount of things that, the you know, the playing group is dealing with as well as, you know, the departing of, you know, the head coach, it's, it's not an easy thing for anybody. But for me, you know, without trying to overstep the mark, like my, I'm like just so proud and just so happy and and you know stoked for Stace, and I, I just want Stace to really take it with both hands, and you know, I, I feel like the club should give him a good crack at it. Um, I get really, really tired of seeing the all the professionals or the so-called professionals, the, you know, the, the keyboard warriors giving their two cents on, oh, we need a, we need a proper coach. We need an experienced coach. Well, we've had experienced coaches and how are they going? Like mm. you only got to look back at, you know, Daniel Anderson in our era, he had no experience at that level and he was probably one of our most successful coaches. So I think that tag should just sit in the back there mm. and just give somebody like Stace, you know, the full reins of, you know, what he wants to implement in this short time and and then into the future, whether that's another, you know, a year, two years. You only got to look at 
somebody like Kevin Walters and what he's done with the Broncos. When he got given it, people were trying to write him off and say, get rid of him, this and that. But, um, you know, he finally got the roster that he felt would fit the club and suit the club. And look where they're, where they're sitting there, a top four team from being wooden spooners two years ago. Yeah, let's, let's, but, let's hope he does... Like, Let's hope he does get hold of the the reins, mate. That's the the most important part of that conversation you just had there, Toops, was giving him full you know full use of the the club and the recruitment and stuff like that. I hear what you're saying. Hey, just um, the Kiwis, mate, got named this afternoon. Have you seen the side? Yeah, I thought. What do you think? There, um, yeah. Look, I'm stoked. I'm excited. There's you know a lot of players in there. There's some like on loyalty, but also the players that are. You know, playing out of their skin. I'm, 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 I think they're, you know, they're exciting. You know, we've got an exciting squad, big, strong, um, experienced. Some boys, as you know, from Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers, playing just, just that top grade line of footy. And I think that's something we need, especially. Um, you're not not seeing international footy for some time. I think it's it needs to earn its respect on the calendar. Um, I'm not too sure how you feel in that sense. I've mm. always felt like we've always been in a shadow to state of origin where I think, well, these are the pinnacle, these are the, I, I felt like the top tier of, of elite foot, a rugby league. And I think it's time that um, our players step up and, and put us back on the, on the, um, on the map in terms of, you know, international footy and it being quality at that. Yeah, I do, mate. I've said it for years. As soon as Tonga came out, um, when Jason Tomalolo and, and Fafita were trying to build it, I said there was our origin here in New Zealand. They could have they, they missed the boat the NZRL over the last three years with it. And they've since gone out and beaten England and Australia as well as New Zealand. So um, I agree with you 100. percent Toops, what, which player in their team? We've got a decent spine, but which player really excites you in the Kiwi team at the moment? Look, I can't go past um, a player in my similar position to me uh, as um, Manu and what mm. he's doing with the Roosters. I know they probably had a couple of, you know, bit of a roller coaster year, but um, he seems to stand out every single time. And I think um, he's going to be quality across the board for us, no matter what. I think um, that's an exciting aspect for the backline. Um, you know, something that we're going to really need to. Um, be in terms of what Tonga's going to offer up. I haven't actually seen their lineup yet, but you know, from from all accounts, it's it's going to be a banger and it's going to be a quality side. Hey, Tops, just before we let you go, mate, um, I guess a few people, um, a few Warriors fans over here, you know, in a way, think that maybe. Um, the team being based in Australia for the last couple of years has, has lost a little bit of that Warriors DNA and, and what it means to play Warriors football. When someone, I guess, says that line to you, Warriors football, what, what does it mean to you? Yeah, look, I think without a doubt that um, that kind of style, that's, um, I, I wouldn't say it's ad-libbed because it's something we train to do. So we just got better at, perfecting it maybe not myself because I was a bit of a loose cannon I was the coach killer I was everything <laughs> you know you name it Tony Kemp would uh, agree with that um, you were great mate I, I think it I think it was just coached out of the, the, the teams over the last what you think mm. six or so years uh, well maybe even longer you just never saw that element of play that was I guess the bread and butter of you know, New Zealand Warriors and, and, and league within our country. 
Um, you know, I think there's got to be a strong look at what we're trying to do over there. We're, we are definitely not Australia, and we don't. Uh, we've got that ability to play structured footy, but I think, um, you know, that time, whether that was with Ivan, but definitely with, um, you know, Ando, he had that combination right. Like, there was the ability to play it when we wanted to, but we also had that foundation of that structure to sort of fall back on or start with. And I think, um, yeah, sadly and unfortunately, it would sort of been coached out of us. And, you know, I would love to see that nurtured back home and encouraged. Like like mm. I said, we're, we're not Australian footballers and we never have been. And when, you're, you're, when you've got that kind of style of footy in your DNA, why put a lid on it? Why mm. coach it out of us? Yeah, so 100%. Those are sometimes the players that can get you out of trouble. Those are sometimes the plays or X factor that you yearn for. Like you look at some of the teams that, that can't ever score points off off basic structure that's honed into, you know, 70, 80%, maybe even 90% of the, the teams in the comp. Like, that's boring footy. People come and get excited by it. That's what got us excited. We loved to do it at training. We competed for it. We were able to transition that style a little bit sharper, apart from myself, onto the onto the paddock, and, and we were getting success from it. Mm. Torb just finally, mate, uh, people love to know when we're chatting with our former, former Warriors legends, uh, what are you up to nowadays, mate, apart from uh, showing your face at, at Warriors trainings? What do you, what do you fill your days with? <laughs> Yeah, look, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to uh, work within the NRL across a couple of the, their marquee programs, whether it's domestic violence, social inclusion, or uh, where I'm currently at, the State of Mind program. We um, do a lot of stuff in grassroots clubs where um, they use former players like myself to go out and, and, and spread some really powerful messages around you know, help-seeking behaviours, reducing stigma, increasing confidence, increasing, you know, your educational awareness around mental health. And um, there's a three-pronged approach that we now have when we go into our football communities with the State of Mind program. Uh, I'm the coordinator. I was a, a community program delivered prior to that, but I sort of got elevated into this role, which, um, you know, I'm still trying to get a handle on. It's actually making me do a bit more work, but... Um, I'm enjoying the fact that we get to target sort of three levels of our community. Uh, we go in, we got this um, League Stars Inspire program, which targets our year three to six uh, kids. And it's talking about gratitude. It's talking about support. It's talking about resilience. Now, that's a soft approach, which mm. takes us into our next part, which is 13 to 17. Sorry to chew you off here, gentlemen, but it's no, something it's I good. love and you know, very passionate about. Um, it's it's our state of mind getting the game, which is 13 to 17. We've got ball in the hand. We're, we're utilising league analogies to bring out some really powerful messages. Um, we have a presentation off the back of that. And, you know, that's our state of mind getting the game targeting our youth. We don't... Um, uh, and then we've got our final programme, which is the original one, which started back in sort of 2016, um, off the back of testimonials or, um, you know, storytelling from, like, Preston Campbell and it's evolved into this big beast to now being um, targeting our 18 plus where we have real conversations where we try to you know encourage our clubs to to keep offloading this conversation with mental health and, and trying to navigate that with um, 
you know, that league community and being, you know, changing the face of what mental health looks like in our communities because sadly, unfortunately, we've lost too much, yeah. too many people to suicide. And, you know, these important messages that we do as a game is, um, you know, just it's a great honour to be a part of. And, uh, you know, that's me. I know it's not in a nutshell, but that, that's my role I do now and, and love every part of it. Yeah, that's awesome, Toops. And, and love that you're in that mental health space with Auntie, uh, Auntie Carms. Make sure you say hello to her next time you see us. Thank, thanks, mate, for joining us today. Hello. Good to talk to you. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I just loved listening to the wise, older Clinton Toopy. <laughs> it was so much better than, than oh, a couple of conversations we've had in the past. <laughs> yes, Kimpy, you've seen me through my highs and my lows, and, um, <laughs> you know, you've always had my back throughout, but... Um, no, I love listening to you and seeing, you know, you know, the comments you're putting out there to, you know, really challenge the status quo or challenge the the higher beings of, you know, the industry we 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 have, you know, fond memories and we love and we just want it to, you know, to flourish and so um, yeah, um, good on you too, brother, and it's it's lovely to talk to yourself and Sam and and, and thanks again for this platform. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks heaps, uh, thanks heaps for joining us, Clinton. That's Clinton Torpy there out of Australia, former Warriors legend, of course. Um, your text here on double eight double three. We'll get to those very shortly with our Six Again segment. But uh, let's catch up with news with Johnny Mac. Welcome back in, uh, running it straight every Wednesday from 3 until 4, Sam Hewitt alongside Tony Kemp. And uh, great to catch up with Clinton Torpy. Um, what a legend he is. And awesome to hear um, that he's still involved uh, with the game and with the players around it. Um, this part of the show is called Six Again. We're still, uh, we're still sorting out all of our fancy new buttons and everything. Uh, but eventually we'll have a referee yelling at us and uh, telling us where to go, Kempy. But uh, what we're going to do is... Uh, I'm used to that. Full, <laughs> full set of six. <laughs> six questions from the text machine, double eight, double three. Uh, people have been texting them in since we started at three o'clock, so I'm just going to go through them one by one, and you can uh, and you can give us your thoughts. So the first one in here, tackle one, comes in from Dale. It says, "Lads, it's actually quite a hard one to start, Kempi. Why do the NRL persist with the Warriors? They have shown they offer nothing to the comp year after year. Do you think the NRL will slash should close the club and move it to Aussie? Not a, not at all, and and they never will. The Warriors actually they need the Warriors um, because it's a national competition, and and we basically provide. A majority of the players through that competition, so um, the media rights don't want to get into that. But yeah, you know, I know I know we're down with them at the moment, but you know they'll come back. Just just persevere. Well, that leads straight into tackle two, which is from Brendan, who says, uh, Kempi, what are the serious chances of your Southern Bears proposal? I've seen on NRL 360 (laughs) last week, I think Billy Moore, who's on the board, pretty confident about it being in Perth or Sydney. This is the new NRL team. I'd love for another New Zealand team to support, as well as my Broncos. Don't watch or support the Warriors. Can't stand them, but I love my league. Yeah, look, I think a second, I think we missed the boat. The second team should have been in the last time they handed out franchises. So I, I think a New Zealand second team is a serious opportunity. Um, whether it's the Southern Bears, we'll we'll just see how that sort of populates this radio station. There's meetings going on at the moment just to test the test the waters. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll let you know. You'll be the first to hear if it is actually uh, worthwhile pursuing. Uh, tackle three comes in from Craig, um, and he says, "I think the Warriors need to forget importing players and coaches. We can't attract the top guys to New Zealand, so get journeyman at best, but no overseas." absolute stars. If it was me, I'd get a homegrown coaching team 
and playing talent, create our own identity, which should have a big Polynesian flavour, and put it and put together a five-year plan like Cleary did with the Panthers. Cheers I from Craig. Agree, one hundred percent. That's a great text, and the difference that we have with that, Craig, is that we don't have a national body or a national competition that that fills pathways. All coaches are coaches. That's the biggest problem. So we have limited coaches, and we definitely have the good enough coaches to do it. And we have limited pathways where our players can come through and have the experience and the resilience of playing NRL top grade, that's why they head to Australia. But the sooner we can get that competition and, and those coaches coached, then yes, you'll see more people uh, in the NRL from here. Tackle number four, this comes in from Dave. Uh, hi, Sammy and Kempi, enjoying the new show. I think the Warriors might not win another game this season, maybe one against the Knights if Ponga is still out. Therefore, should we not give younger guys first grade experience this year so that 2023 is our year? Uh, he's also asked about the Walker Bros joining the little uh, general as uh, head, a head coaching trio. Never mind the duo. Go for a trio. But what do you make of the first part? The, the, uh, the younger players getting some more experience this year. Yeah, look, uh, it's a really good idea. And we see Volkman getting on the side this week. So yeah. I, I would have left him out for another week. I want to throw him up against Penrith because that's a baptism of fire possibly for him this weekend. But, yeah, great great call. Get the get the juniors in, Stace. You know, you've... You've got a couple of games to give them some experience. Um, and I think we will see some changes. I think we will see some more changes over the next coming weeks. You're right about the draw. The draw is so hard, mm. and that's why I said, you know, July the 3rd could be a fight for the wooden spoon. We'll talk about the uh, the Kiwis and Tonga uh, teams maybe just after the break, but just finally, last tackle, Kempi. Someone said here, um, Kempi, how big of a deal is it going to be them having two weeks off before Mount Smart, obviously the, the international window? Do you think that's going to make a bit of a difference to you know, then being able to reset a little bit before coming home. Well, I, I actually do, because normally the Warriors, they give out quite a few numbers um, at the internationals. They've only got one in the Kiwi team, one in the Tongan team, and and the rest of them are going to be able to get over some injuries. If Fanua, Blake, Curran, they're carrying those injuries around probably two of their better players, and just a chance to reset before they hit the New Zealand soil. So they'll hit, hit the ground running here. They'll be fresh. Uh, whether or not they'll be able to compete well, that, that's the million-dollar question at that time. Mm, absolutely. There you go. Um, there are your six questions on double eight, double three. Keep them coming. We'll uh, try and get to them as we continue on until 4 o'clock. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll go through the Kiwi and Tonga teams for that June 25 uh, test, and we will look at round 15 this weekend of the NRL. Back after this. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Welcome back into Running It Straight as we build until 4 o'clock. The run home are coming up after 4. We're just going to talk quickly about the uh, Kiwis and the Tonga teams named uh, today to play on June 25 before we jump into round 15. So looking at the Kiwis squad, uh, I'll just read it through for you. Nelson Asafa Solomona from the Storm, Jesse and Kenny Bromwich from the Storm, Dylan Brown from the Eels, Aaron Clark from the Titans, James Fisher-Harris from the Panthers, Kieran Foran, Manley, Peter Hiku, Cowboys, Jerome Hughes, Storm, Moses Leota, Penrith Panthers, Isaac Leu, Gold Coast Titans, Joey Manu, Sydney Roosters, Tamati Martin from the Broncos, Kimo Marlow from the Tigers, Ronaldo Molotalo from the Sharks, Griffin Neem from the Cowboys, Brighton Akora from the Sharks, uh, Murata Niakora, uh, Parramatta Eels, Isaiah Papali'i from the Eels, Jordan Rapiner from the Raiders, Jordan Ricky from the Broncos, Brandon Smith from the Storm, Scott Sorensen from the Panthers, Joseph Tarpany from the Raiders, and Dallin Martinez-Lesniak, the only warrior in the team, Kempi. What do you what do you make of the Kiwis oh, strong, squad? Strong Kiwi team, great spine. Um, yeah. 
and Jerome Hughes, probably uh, we might see the young boy from Parramatta in the sixth jersey instead of Kieran Foran. Yeah, Hughes and Brown, you reckon, probably? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think, you know, um, Brandon Smith playing nine is going to be- make a massive difference to the Kiwi side. So tomorrow, Martin, the way he's going at the Broncos, you put those four together mm. and the rest of the team is really, really well balanced. Uh, now, the Tongan team, which I find quite interesting, I'll read it out, uh, read it out for you. Uh, Tolotau Koala, who's from uh, the Manly Seagulls, plays centre for them. He's at four, well, I'm pre- presuming they've named the team sort of 1 through 25, Kempion. I wonder if they've actually named them in position. So he looks like he's playing fullback. Yep. Uh, Daniel Tupo on the wing from the Roosters. Sio uh, uh, Sifa Talakai from the Sharks will be in the centres with uh, Moses Suli from the Dragons. Uh, Sione Katoa from the Sharks on the other wing. Um, Katoni Staggs in the halves. At 5'8". Bron- the Broncos thought about playing him there this year. Okay, I want to ask you about that shortly. Talatau Mone from the Dragons in there with him. Uh, Sosia Tokiaho uh, at eight. Uh, Saliva Havili from the Rabbitohs at nine. Um, Fanua Blake is coming in at ten. Uh, Tupanua at eleven from the Roosters. Uh, Colin Matangi from the Rabbitohs at twelve. And Jason Tamalolo at thirteen. Uh, maybe we'll just stick with that thirteen to start. But um, I always ask the question of Tonga Kempi, the halves. Um, they quite often have one of the best forward packs on paper. But then they go missing in the the link between those forwards and the backs. But what do you reckon, Stags and Amoni in the halves? Uh, look, Amoni from St George he goes all right, and Stags uh, hasn't played enough in that that um, that position to to scare the likes of the Kiwi team. Cola uh, from Seagulls, he's playing generally in the centres, and and Saliva, the old St Paul's boy um, from up here in Auckland, Havili, who's playing for South at the moment, came out of Canberra. He ain't going to last the 80 minutes. You you go to the bench, you've got Isaiah Katoa from uh, Panthers, who's signed for... Uh, the Dolphins, who's only 19, looks like he's going to be covering that spine that spine position. So if they don't get their act, act together, although they could have any player that they want out there, they're just not going to be able to get them moving. But, man, they've got a big forward pack. You know, um, Okolo Atsu's named in the side too. Yeah. And, and he can't even make the uh, starting side. So, you know, they'll, they'll definitely test the, the Kiwis out as far as contact goes. I don't know if they've got the same spine as we have uh, when, it, when it gets to moving them moving them around the pitch. So you give it to the Kiwis? I actually think the Kiwis will win and they'll win well. Yeah, nice. Okay. Hey, let's r- jump into a, uh, a round 15 preview with the round run through. Round run through. Starting tomorrow night with the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. Uh, straightforward for you, Rabbitohs? Yeah, I, th- I don't like the Dragons. I think they're just too inconsistent. I think, uh, you know, Mitchell's g- given them a, a bit of a bounce knowing that he's not coming back too far. The only problem I've got is Cody Nicarima starting at fullback. Mm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see plenty of plenty of balls raining down on Nicarima tomorrow night. Uh, Seagulls-Cowboys, the Friday night game at 8 o'clock. Um, it could be a bit of a test for the Cowboys. The Seagulls got it right last week. Yeah, that's, I, don't think, I don't think it's much of a, a test for the Cowboys. Like... Uh, the Seagulls, yes, but there's no there's no Trebojevic at the back. Even though the young boys going all right back there, I just think the Cowboys are just too hot at the moment. Um, the late night Friday game is Storm Broncos. Now Ryan Pappenhausen was uh, they said he was healthy, ready to go, just picked up COVID, so he's not going to be there on Friday evening for the Storm. They've obviously been going well without him, but you know a, a high flying Broncos team, but is missing a couple of your key players, including Adam Reynolds. Yeah, and that's that's the worry for me. Reynolds not being in that side would have evened it up a lot. The Storm, they look really good. They got home against the Sydney City, and you know I was hoping that Pep would be back in the side playing Pippenhausen, but you know COVID's got him. But they'll just keep rolling on Melbourne. Them and Penrith are too hot. Sharks Titans, uh, the first game on Saturday at five o'clock. What's wrong with the Titans? I just see you know if you if you're going to have a punt. 
take take twenty plus for sharks for the sharks. There you go. Yep. Um, their, their spine is just real real good. Yeah, you know, Moylan and Hines are on fire. Yeah. Um, Saturday seven thirty is the Warriors Panthers. We're calling the game here on SENZ. Just a case of a margin, isn't it, Kempi? <laughs> well, they didn't get out of second gear against Newcastle on the weekend. Uh, I watched them when they walked off the field. They just played Origin, had a game against Newcastle and come off with, without um, racking up a sweat. So they'd be looking at that, especially our right-side defensive line, and a lot of people be saying this, our edges will be under a heap of pressure on the weekend. I can't see them holding them um, less than 30. Now, the late-night game on Saturday is the Eels-Roosters. Um, the Eels sometimes bounce back after a loss. Um, the Roosters coming off that loss to the Storm. What are you What are you picking? Yeah, this is the most crucial game of the round with, the, with them both sitting inside the eight. So, uh, you know, Sydney City are on 14 points, Parramatta on 18. They, the teams will pick them up real quick and they'll sink down the bottom of the bottom of the eight, Parramatta. So can they bounce back? I don't know. Um, but, you know, they've named Kerry in at halfback. He's concussed. I don't think he'll play. I think Lachlan Lamb will go to seven. And I think the Sydney City will get him. I think they're unlucky against Melbourne. Uh, Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, Raiders and Knights. I'm guessing not Raiders are probably the easy pick there. And then uh, the 6 o'clock game is the Bulldogs-West Tigers, which is quite interesting because high-flying Bulldogs-West Tigers, they sit similarly sort of placed on the table. What do you reckon there? Yeah, look, I think the, I think the Bulldogs will get them. I think the Tigers, uh, they just don't seem to want to actually knuckle down defensively, just a little bit like the Warriors. And I think the Bulldogs are in a little bit of a role. Mm. There you go. There's our Round 15 preview uh, coming up this weekend. Like I said, live coverage of the Warriors-Panthers here on SCNZ on Saturday evening. We're uh, going to take a break. When we come back inside the 10, Kempi takes a deep, deep dive into some analysis of the game and gives you some tips for your TAB punting this weekend. We'll be back after this. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SCNZ. Yeah, inside the 10, uh, deep dive analysis with uh, Kempe and uh, a question that came in that I was keen to put to Kempe was, uh, Kempe, what is the real difference between a 6 and a 7? We always talk about them being a halves combination, but what roles does each player play and what are some of the key att- uh, attributes that you would assign to you know, a 6 and a 7? Well, you, you've got to give a little bit of a trip down um, memory lane when you've got your 7 and your 6. Normally a 7 was a little bloke and your 6 was a bloke that you know sort of uh, one set the outsides up and the other one had a passing game and a kicking game and you know the, you're talking about the Peter, um, Peter Sterlings and Brett Kenny's or the Peter Sterlings and Wally Losses you know what I mean mm. so Wally started to bring the bigger 5-8 in which is my era um, but today it's a hell of a lot different so the halfback and the 5-8 they've got specific roles you know you've got to have what's called ga- a game manager so you need a you need a person that knows how to manage the game manage the clock and manage his team around the uh, park and keep them within the battle. And a six and a nine and a one to complement them, that's why they talk about the spine. So if you look at across the NRL, halfbacks actually sit in each one of those positions, mm. nine, seven, six, and one. So you look at Billy Slater, he, he basically... Um, revolutionised the fullback position because he brought a passing game to the fullback position. He'd go around the back and sweep and start missing out players, two cutout passes, or hitting a nice short ball, which we never ever saw with a fullback who would normally just in the old days chime into the line, like Daryl Williams, for instance. So um, the best ones you look at the moment, if you look at Pe- uh, Penrith with Cleary, Luai, you've got Dylan Edwards at the back and, and Curacao out of dummy half, they all go together. They've got speed, agility, mm. kicking games, you've got um, Luai 
guy with a, you know, generally got a left foot, depending on what side of uh, the pitch they defend. You've got a left foot on one side, a right foot on the other side. They're sharing the kicking uh, game. And the other part about that is your fullback is your, is your, is your premier player. Mm. The Tedesco's, the Trebojevic's, the Edward, Edwards that cover anywhere between nine and ten kilometres a game, two hundred to three hundred metres a game, um, and are just you know absolutely beasts um, within them. So, difference today, uh, old days, uh, little seven, a massive six. That's yep. my era. Yep. These days, nine, seven, six, one, or half. And just quickly in ten seconds, so seven uh, sort of man managers runs the game. The six. Ball runner? He's a link. Yeah. Absolute, absolute link. And has to be able to manage the game if the seven goes down. Um, just to finish, uh, Kempe, we get a power play from you for the weekend at TAB. What are you sinking your teeth into this weekend? Oh, I've gone to Siosefa, uh, Talakai, and Joseph Suwali. Just multi them up uh, any time okay. try scores. And what do you know what that's paying? $1.95, two bucks. Oh, not bad. Yeah, not you bad. get four there bucks there. There you go. There's Kempe's flutter for the weekend. That's us. Uh, the run home is coming up next. We'll be back next Wednesday from three. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.